While the wellness industry may have an agenda to prey on your insecurities, I'm a writer. So I have a agenda <laughs> to tell it like it is. And if I'm being honest with you, I have the worst yeast infection I have ever had in my entire life right now. I mean, like, I should really win a medal <laughs> for having to sit up here for the past hour without scratching. The point is, I'm tired of women feeling like they have to be embarrassed about this stuff. We need to start talking about it because vaginas all have their issues. So, who's with me? Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Period Sis. I'm your host, Mandy B, and this week is specifically brought to you by, of course, Official Box Owner. I'm super excited to finally get a compilation episode out there for those of you who are new to listening. If you haven't started all the way from the very beginning, we are going to share with you today some of my favorite episodes over the last maybe six months or so. So, I'm excited because the very first one that we are going to share today comes from the episode, The Vagina is a Work of Art, literally. On this episode, I'm joined by Brooklyn artist Sean G of Sean G Originals. And what she does is make the vagina literally a work of art. And you'll hear a little bit in the snippet about how she faces challenges with literally just the beauty of what we have between our legs. So tune in. Because of where your vagina is, a lot of people don't even know what their vagina looks like. So right. even like when I was painting, it made me stop and be like, but what does it look like? I know what other people's don't look like because I look it up online. I see porn, but I didn't know what mine looked like. So I was like going in the mirror and like really look at it and like analyze it just to like get more comfortable with it, if that makes sense. Did you, when you see it, did you compare it to what the porn vaginas look like? Like, at this point when I did it, I feel like I was, like, older. Like, I was probably, like, 24, 25. So okay. that I did, like, comparing my body to other women's bodies didn't really exist in that light for me anymore. But I know, like, younger, when I was younger, I definitely would, like, compare my body and, like, body parts and, like, things like that. But, yeah, I've, I'm starting, and I'm not totally there, but I say I'm getting to a place where, like, I'm more comfortable with things. And part of me being more comfortable with that is being able to have discussions like this and actually paint it. Really hope that you guys enjoyed that clip. Don't forget to check out Sean G on Instagram at Mrs. Originals and support, again, a Black artist from Brooklyn. The next episode I wanted to make reference of is Good Box versus Healthy Box. Again, just because we're wet and creamy doesn't mean that we're healthy. So I'm super excited and hope you enjoy this snippet from our episode, Good Box versus Healthy Box. And I love that you talk about that. A lot of us uh, assume that moisture and wetness means that my box is good and my pussy is wet and it's moist. So let's talk about that then. What is the difference between good box and healthy box? And how do you know when something is essentially unhealthy or, or unbalanced? Okay. So let's take this into a couple parts. So the I think people, even just in action, everybody's focused on the feel good. If it makes us feel good, we don't care about anything mm. else. We feel good in that moment. So mm. a good box, by definition, it's wet, it's warm, it wraps around that dick the right way, and you just it's tight. Have yep. <laughs> Here's the thing. Your vagina can be wet and gushy and creamy, but normal discharge is clear or white. 
yeast infection mm. is also white. Sometimes doesn't have an odor. So what you think you're creaming on is actually a whole yeast infection. Mm. But if you actually know your body, you will start to know the signs. I really enjoy a lot of the partnerships that I've been able to do with the official box owner subscription box. So this next episode comes from the episode how to VTOX. And we're pretty much discussing how to detox your vagina. Um, again, I hope you enjoy this snippet from the episode how to VTOX with the owner of VTOX. The two main things that we need to make sure that we are paying attention to are what we cleanse ourselves with daily, mm -hmm. unlearning what we've learned because a washcloth should not be used to cleanse the vulva area. It can easily transfer bacteria. It yep. can easily transfer mold. It can easily transfer laundry detergent, bleach, fabric softener, things that are going to be irritating. Your advice is is to then do what? Use the soap in just your hand, correct? That is correct. Clean hands go a long way. Um, if you need, if you feel like you need an extra rinsing, then I would say to use a handheld shower head to really get into okay. rinse. Um, or you can even get like a bidet bottle to give yourself a good rinse if you feel as though you're just not feeling clean enough. The yoni pearls are meant for like womb purges, but mm. they are used incorrectly so much. I see all the ads online that come down my feeds and I'm seeing all this creamy, uh, thick discharge. And I'm like, this is not womb waste. This is yeast. This is potential vaginal uh, skin. Like this is an overgrowth of something as a result of this not being used properly. Um, the type of purge that you're supposed to get, if you have something to purge from a yoni pearl, is going to be wound waste. So that's going to be more bloody. Um, mm. All that other stuff is from when a person is not using it properly. It has to be placed right up against the cervix in order for it to do what it's supposed to do. Putting it halfway up, because some women don't know where their cervix is positioned. Mm -hmm. They're just inserting it. Inserting it halfway into the vaginal canal is not going to do the trick. That's going to be a fast way to lead to infection and major discomfort. Now, y'all know a lot of our episodes have to do with the love below. This next one, we really get into the pH balancing act. That's right. Everything to do with your pH balance, and how to keep it, well, balanced. Stay tuned for a snippet from our episode, The pH Balancing Act Now. Check your pH balance before and after your period just because, you know, your cycles are different. They vary. You know, they will also tell you, have you been drinking enough water? What have you been eating? You know, cramps will tell you that because cramps are literally your body trying to detox all of the toxins right. that you have built up that month in that 28 days. So with these pH strips, you can okay. kind of regulate, you know, what you're putting in and out of your body. So if you know for the whole month I've been detoxing, I've been drinking my water, um, you know, maybe I've been refraining from sex or I've been making sure this man has been on the right track because if you have a partner, make sure your partner has kind of the same health regimen diet as you. 
because people, you know, they get horny after they come out, you know, come from dinner. And you have to think you still got that food on your tongue, that steak, that filet mignon, that lamb. You still got that on your tongue. So as much as you want to get down and dirty and rip everything off of each other, go, go wash your tongue, scrape your tongue, get a metal tongue scraper because you got to think some, some people is hitting the booty and then they going back up, you know, when they're giving you head. I mean, how many women wake up after a one-night stand or something like that, and you got a UTI? Okay. I have a friend, we reaching 30 years old, and she just figured, I just told her about a year ago, you have to pee after sex. She said, what? Wait, she didn't know that? Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I actually told my man, and because he goes rounds. So mm-hmm. if we have a long enough break between mm-hmm. the rounds, I'd be like, babe, I got to get up and gotta, I got to go use the bathroom. Like, even if I don't have to, I'll sit on the toilet and just really focus and try to piss just because I'm like, I, I did. I just had a UTI after a too fun trip in Miami and I was like, oh, it was great sex, but I know I, I was drunk and I wasn't doing what I needed to do Mm -hmm. and that quick. And I've been with my man for now a year, never experienced a UTI Mm -hmm. until that Miami trip. And it was because yeah, and also it could be the mix of liquor, the sex, it's right. everything. We're not thinking about that in the moment. We're not thinking about that lit. We're not thinking about none of that. But I would definitely say get a metal tongue scraper, okay. not the plastic ones. Plastic things are porous. What other times can someone use these strips to check their pH? I would even use them if you're using toys. Okay, but you also want to make sure. Your toys are clean. Make sure you are cleaning your toys because if you are pleasuring yourself and you're not sexually active with a live dick or anything or a live vagina, then that is for sure the time. But also women need to make sure that they know when men get yeast infections as well. You know, there's yeast that build up on, you know, around their shaft and stuff like that. So you know, be mindful. And that's why I said you kind of have to um, synchronize you guys' health schedules and how you guys eat. You know, if one person is trying to be healthy and one person doesn't care, what are you putting into your body daily that could affect your pH balance? So it's not all about being sexually active. Understood. This next clip comes from one of my most recent episodes, Hygiene Rituals Before and After Sex. Yes, guys, it does take work to keep that pH balanced. So in this episode, we really do talk about some good habits that you can do before and after sex to make sure that vagina stays healthy. Stay tuned for a clip from the episode Hygiene Rituals Before and After Sex coming up now. If your partner's not aware or if they weren't trained to clean themselves a certain way, that will affect you in the long run. So pubes are important, even though mm. they serve a biological purpose, they trap dirt, they trap bacteria, they trap sweat, so you're not like funking up the street all day, they need to be manicured to a certain degree. The, the long hairs can actually get into your vagina, they can irritate you, they can transport the bacteria from your partner into your vagina. So it might be, you might be into like 70s style porn and long hair, that's great, but trimming <laughs> is important. And sometimes it's hard to have those discussions with our partner, but we have to find nice ways to segue into like 
coercing them into taking care of them. I mean, and also, guys, y'all know, even maybe getting the little Manscaped kit or the shaving cream and maybe just doing it with your partner, laying the towel down and, you know, just sharing that very, very intimate moment. You'd be surprised how, how much closer that gets you. And the last snippet I am going to share with you comes from the episode, Let's Talk About Vaginal Health and Pap Smears. Yes, we learn a lot in this episode regarding the pap or aka the yearly, which ironically, you really only have to get every three years if you have a normal pap smear. So it's really interesting. A lot of information and education spread through this episode. And again, if you haven't caught it now, listen here to a snippet and tune in. This is called Let's Talk About Vaginal Health and Pap Smears. Enjoy. So there's like perimenopause, which is like I'm I'm the period, the hormones are changing, right? So I am experiencing these hot flashes. I am experiencing being cranky. I I I want to scream at everybody. I'm like all sorts of different things that are uncomfortable. But you could still be getting your period on and off. Maybe you skip a month, maybe you skip two months, you know, and there's really no way to call it and say, yep, I'm definitely getting my period this month. Nope, I'm not going to get my period this month. It kind of is just, it's a free for all and it's, it's, it can be a doozy for a lot of women. So. Oh God, if, if you're listening to this and you're experiencing that, <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> that know, sounds it's awful. Good. I tell women, like, some things you can do to help with the symptoms. Try to reduce caffeine. So if you drink a lot mm -hmm. of coffee, soda, if you smoke, you should stop smoking. At least reduce it. What are some of the things that you find women to lie most about in terms of when they go on a doctor's visit? Um, and maybe not lie, but maybe the, the things that most women seem to not want to share with their healthcare provider. Yeah, it's typically sexual partners. Um, it's the number one thing is lying about if they use protection. And I mm. always ask them, um, I try not to just say, you use condoms, right? Or, you know, that's a leading question. And now you're scared right. you're going to say yes, knowing it's no. And then if you come back with an infection, I know that was a lie. So okay. I typically say, do you use protection with your partners? Yes, no, or sometimes maybe. So they already know that I'm not just looking for a always yes, always no. Like, I know there's an in-between. Feel free to tell me so that I know what to look for. So if you come in and you're like, well, I'm itchy or I have an odor, but you tell me you always use protection, I'm not going to be thinking possibly you have a sexually transmitted infection. I may say, okay, this could be yeast, this could be BV. Both of those are things that you don't need to be sexually active to get. But if you're Correct. honest and you tell me, then I'll know, all right, I need to check for gonorrhea. I need to check for chlamydia. I need to check for trichomonas. It just really helps you to get the proper testing, the most appropriate testing, so that you can get the best treatment quickly. Quick, 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 quick. 